is Minda Wilson with Urgent Care. Today, I'm very excited to welcome August Cruz, who's written a book called Stalker, which is available on Amazon. And the thing that's most intriguing about it to me, considering mental health is a very important issue today, is that he really goes into the mind of the stalker and gives you a feeling of what's like going on inside the person, as opposed to looking at it from the outside. Uh, August, welcome to the show. Hi, Minda. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so you, you're you a teacher, right? So what drew you away from teaching and start into writing? Well, I've always, uh, I've always been interested in writing. I've always loved being a storyteller. And um, fiction has always been my, my preferred um, choice in terms of reading, of reading. And so I wanted to go into it. And I... Um, I decided to, to throw my hat in the ring and see what, what could happen. And I wrote Stalker over the course of a couple of years after doing some research. And now, yeah, now it's out there. Why Stalkers? Um, suspense is a genre that's always interested me as well. And I, you know, I was looking over and reading over information about it, about that particular type of crime. And I realized that nobody had really written it from that perspective. And I thought it would be an interesting way to draw the reader into the mind of somebody who becomes obsessed with another person. I got the idea from when I used to commute into the city, into Manhattan. I used to take the train every day. And, you know, when you work a set schedule, like a nine to five job, generally other people who have that same schedule, you tend to see the same faces on the train every day. Mm-hmm. And so I started to wonder what you know, I wonder what they're like, because they look all, you know, professional, they're minding their business, generally, mostly minding their business, uh, reading a magazine or a newspaper. And I just started thinking, you know, I wonder what they're like behind closed doors. You, you hear these cases of serial killers and people who, when other people who know them are interviewing them, saying, oh, no, no, he was a nice guy. Oh, no, such a nice person, such so helpful to treat person, and yet to have somebody chained up in their basement at home. So I thought I'd take that idea and concept and, and, and run with it. So what makes up a stalker? What, you know, what, what creates somebody obsession in a person? You know, what characteristics go along with that? Well, the, sure. In, in, the, in the readings that I've done, in the research that I've done online, generally it's people who feel like they, there's something missing in their life, whether it's somebody taking care of them or a lover, a husband, wife that they're down divorced or they're separated and they, they can't seem to fill that void. And so they start to obsess over that person. And then gradually it increases and it starts with phone calls or text messages, emails, letters to just showing up at that person's place of business or that person's home. Um, any unwanted contact, excessive, especially if it's excessive, um, can, can be categorized as somebody who's stalking. And these days with, you know, having the internet, it's so much easier to find somebody and stalk somebody and they don't know that they're being stalked. How would you know? I mean, if you're, if you see somebody around, what are the signs that somebody's sort of interested in you more than they should be? Well, generally, if, if they're if they're asking to always hang out, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Want to get together? And you say no, and say, all right, what about the next day? That type of clinginess, mm-hmm. you know, that constant wanting your attention, wanting to hang out with you, wanting to spend time with you. Uh, and look, there's nothing wrong with you know 
spending time with somebody. But if that person isn't really interested in, in doing anything more with you, or if that person really doesn't, you know, show an interest in hanging out, but the other one keeps on insisting, that could that could fall into the category of stalking. So a little more aggressive than mm-hmm. would be right. normal under the circumstances, especially if you're uh, if you're saying no. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If if you, I mean, I'm sure we've all gone through all that experience where somebody comes up to you and said, "Hey, you know, you want to get together?" And you're really not interested. You say, "Well, no, thank you." Most of the time, more often than not, they'll just go and they'll leave it alone. But if the person keeps coming back over and over again and, and becoming, like you said, more aggressive and wanting to do that, then yeah, that definitely falls in that category. So um, to me, someone that has that kind of uh, obsession, uh, you know, it's there. It sounds like it's it's more than uh, you know just somebody who's lonely. Uh, it sounds like they may have a mental health issue going on. Is that necessarily true? A lot of the times it is, yeah. A lot of the times it is. Uh, with, with certain, if you if you read up on cases of celebrities that are being stalked, you'll find that most of the time the stalkers will tell investigators or police or whoever it is that, that stops them or confronts them, say, no, no, I, I, you know, we're meant to be together. She talks to me through the TV or, or he, you know, he sends me thoughts and that kind of thing. That is obviously an indication of somebody who's just not mentally well, who's not mentally stable. You have mm-hmm. other cases where, for example, I don't know if you recall, a very young actress in the 80s, Rebecca Schaefer, mm-hmm. um, she starred in a, in a show with Pam Dauber called My Sister Sam. And the guy became obsessed with her and drove out to L.A. to, to, to meet her. And this is back during the days where private investigators gave you that, you know, information that you paid for that these days they can't do that. They can't release person's address or phone number, what have you. Um, and he showed up at her apartment and he shot her, which point blank range right there. Hmm. Unfortunately, the young lady died when he was arrested and he was interviewed. He just, he confessed to everything. And he just said that he felt that, that there was a connection between the two of them hmm. and it led to her death. Sadly. Does this kind of, uh, does this show up in childhood? Are there early signs that somebody's heading in this direction? Not necessarily. Um, there are cases where, where that I've read that uh, the stalker, um, as a child, was very needy, um, somewhat ostracized by, you know, classmates because they're a little weird or, or too, you know. Just... So sometimes that does happen. Other times it's just a case of somebody who for one reason or another, just becomes fixated on a certain person and feels that it's, that there, there's something there between them that, or that there can be something there between them that they want or need. More often than not, stalking occurs between um, former, former lovers or, or former spouses or significant others uh, who can't deal with that rejection. Hmm. Do um and you and you in your book your your character has a has a difficult childhood. I mean, he reflects that. So um Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the guy alcoholic mother, uh his father abandoned them, you know, uh he he has a really difficult time growing up. Mhm. And that trans- so that, that really played into it. Yeah, and that translates into all kinds of interesting behavior that 
he and the customer and then when he's in his customer service job i think that exacerbates the uh sure and so people might put themselves in places where they shouldn't be just because uh you know it, they they need connection or something like that it gives them access to people do you agree with that oh yeah absolutely it's some type of contact you know at the end of the day this guy you know gets gets home he, he lives by himself in a lonely apartment in a you know sketchy type of neighborhood um doesn't really have many friends and so yeah yeah that that's the type of contact that he has with the outside world so when you're thinking about stalkers what we've what we've learned so far is that really there's some kind of isolated uh part part of their life and they're looking out for connection in some way and the need to connect overrides social norms is that basically and then um, if somebody feels like they're being stalked, what can they do about it? Uh, there are there are resources on the net, actually. The National Center for uh, Crime uh, for Crime Victims online uh, has provides wonderful numbers and resources that they can go to. Um, obviously, your local police, um, but there are areas, there are organizations out there for stalking victims uh, specifically. Actually, uh, if you just a Google search will pop up quite a few. Hmm. And so I understand you're working on a new book as well. Yeah, this new one, um, I'm working on it now. This time, the stalker is a female. Hmm. Um, is that unusual? Uh, um, generally, it's more often men that, that are stalkers, but there are, there are female stalkers hmm. uh, out there. So, yeah, it's, it's not as unusual as, as you think. You know, when you hear numbers like there are 7.5 million cases of stalkers in the U.S. alone every year, yeah, it's it's not just male population. <laughs> it's uh, women are also involved in that. So this this next one is going to be uh, you know, a female stalker who's a lot more tech savvy than uh, than the character that I wrote in Stalker, which makes her, in my opinion, more dangerous. So why do you say that? Why does someone who's tech savvy more dangerous? Well, because they, if you're that tech savvy, then you can do something more than just, you know, look at somebody's Facebook profile. You can hack into their account. Uh, and it doesn't have to just be the Facebook account. It could be Instagram. It could be your bank account. It could be anything. Somebody who's that tech savvy and has a dangerous obsession like that um, will feel entitled to go into your personal information, your emails, uh, that kind of thing, cell phone, pictures that you don't want out that you have stored. Most, most people, you know, they go to any event, whether it's a kid's play or a concert, they whip out their phones right away and start click, click, click. And mm -hmm. it's stored obviously on their phone. And if somebody knows what they're doing, they can, they can obtain those pictures. I mean, look at all the celebrity pictures that, have, that were leaked of female celebrities that are, you know, took nude pictures of themselves that got out. And you so, think yeah, that, and and so people that have that so people that are clever can have access to your information. Is there any um, if you if you feel like people are doing that to you, is the best mm -hmm. what your best recourse to go to the police? Is that yeah, it, absolutely because it's illegal. They, they they it's illegal to hack into your account. That that's against mm -hmm. the law, and to divulge information about you that you didn't want out there. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's it's a little difficult to prove you have but it it, it is possible sure hmm. it is possible to to so listen i i took these pictures this person hacked into my account and now it's all over the net hmm. and so when when you draw a character um, mm-hmm. You, it seems like the one you wrote in the in your book, Stalker, is very three dimensional. Like, I mean, you understand his mind. You have you you understand how he views the world. How do you how do you work work that out? I mean, it was is it well when when you're when you're writing, you you flesh out the story first in your mind. Some people do it on a storyboard. Some writers I know do it on storyboards. Um, I I just come up with a rough sketch, a rough idea, and I start fleshing it out from there. Um, I write it all, I, you know, in, as much as I can. I, I finish it, in, and then I go back to the beginning. And you know what? This this could this could use a little bit more. This 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 needs a little bit more detail, or more, we need to dive a bit more into this character. Why is he like this? What happened? What's his past like? So I start asking myself, well, what what would a person like this have gone through in their childhood. Um, what kind of outlook? How? What kind of experiences led to this type of outlook? So I, I, I start to formulate his backstory. Back in my opinion, backstories are, are really, really um, important in fleshing out characters and you know, making them come to life on the page. Uh, because there's always something that you either can relate to or feel sympathy for. Um, in this character's case, you know, even though you're not rooting for the guy, you know, yeah. you're not hoping that his that his talking becomes successful. But when you when you start reading into his background and his, what his you know childhood was like, you kind of feel you can't help but feel a little sorry for the guy. Like, oh, well, you know, that that's why. Now I kind of understand. It doesn't excuse it, but it uh, it explains that need for him to fill that void in his life. How do you think a, cho- a stalker chooses their victim? That I always wondered about that. Well, a lot of the times, like you know, like the they, like I mentioned before, it's a former spouse or former significant other, and so they already know, you know, who that. But in in other situations, it could be a colleague, you know, a coworker, uh, somebody that you go to bar a bar with or you see them at a bar or you see them at a at a club or you see them at a restaurant or whatever you see them alive you see them living their life and or working with you and so there are certain aspects of their personality that in, you know intrigue them or just the way that they look at first and then as they start to get to know this person they start to realize oh my god this is this is exactly the person i want to be with hmm. um that's how strangers uh, start yeah but more more of a lot of the times significant numbers will tell you that it's yeah but once you've been married to somebody i would think you there'd be familiarity so you know that their life on the you know their life isn't glamorous you you've you know you 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 have the experience of being with them or living with them or knowing their routine. So something, you know, why, why someone, you know, well, I mean, it, it would seem less like a fantasy and. Because when you break up with somebody more often than not, it's not a pleasant situation. Mm -hmm. And if you were married, you got to go through the divorce. People have such a, a, a fear of rejection 
and and being alone or being rejected by somebody that they love or somebody that they respected or somebody that they wanted to be with, they can't handle that. And it, 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 it kind of changes their patterns. So familiarity becomes something unknown to the person who is being stalked because they, well, that, they wouldn't do that. Well, if their heart, how they perceive that their heart is broken or they were rejected, they take it as, well, no, I got to, I have to get back in there. And so, yeah, that, that person can't handle the fact that they are no longer with that individual. It sort of reminds me of there's an old movie with Glenn Close and Michael Douglas, you know, where, yes, where, you know, they had an affair and, um, and she wanted more of him than he would give her. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, he was just did not want to do anything else. He wanted to focus on his family and she, there's a, a powerful scene where she's just sitting there listening to Madame Butterfly on the, um, on the, on the record player. And she's just flicking the light on and off, just sitting, just staring cold stare. And as the camera pulls in to her, you can see that, that hurt in her, in that pain in her face of knowing that, that he doesn't want her anymore. And, but then that, so the rejection triggers anger and I guess obsession after that, because she wants revenge even. Do you think? Sure. She wants, yeah, absolutely. It it pushes her to that edge because when she, I mean, to show up at somebody's house Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know, that's, 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 that's incredibly, you know, disturbed. So, yes, it, it pushed her when he kept rejecting her, rejecting her and, and changing his number. And she could not deal with the possibility of not having him in her life in one way or another until finally she just cracked, just just completely severely cracked and, and wanted to get him in her life by any means necessary. So if you're a family member and you feel that, and you see that somebody you love or someone you're close to is behaving in this kind of way, you know, where they appear obsessed with someone or they're, uh, they're, uh, behaving erratically or strangely, or they're focused on all their conversation centers on a person. Um, what can you do? What should you do? Well, you, you have to be careful because any, if you approach them or if you confront them in a certain way, they might just immediately go into denial. Say, no, no, I'm not obsessed with that person or, you know, that kind of thing. Deflect from the fact that they're doing whatever they're doing. Um, so a, a calm, gentle approach would probably be best when you just go up to them and say, listen, you know, I've been noticing that lately, um, you know, you're, you're spending a lot of time with this person or you're, you seem to be, you know, you seem to want to hang out with this person a lot or be in contact with this person. Is everything okay? How do you feel? You know, very, very sort of, you have to be careful because otherwise they'll become very defensive and they, they will just shut down and not open up to you at all. But if you see that somebody's acting that way, I would definitely just have a conversation with them. If it doesn't work then you might want to get other people involved. Mm-hmm. And, and by other people, how do you, do you mean, Family members, therapists, how, how would you? What yeah, to... family members and therapists, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, so, that they, so that they know, you know, what's going on. Um, you know, perhaps even reach out to the person that 
the family members seems to be fixated on and just have a private conversation with them to find out their side of it, mm-hmm. what's going on, how they're perceiving it. Um, but I, before that's an extreme case before you would have a conversation with your family member. And if that doesn't work, then yes, you would get other family members involved, the therapists involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and do, do you have an obligation to notify the person that's their object that that person has become a, obsessed with them? Well, the, see, the dangerous part with that is if the person doesn't know, then they'll, they might, you don't know how they're going to react. Mm-hmm. And if the family member finds out that you reached out to the person without letting them know, that could cause a whole other problem as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, I would really let other, if, you know, let the therapist handle it from that point. Um, so yeah, going, contacting that, the person who is the object of their fixation is really an extreme case. Only if you think that that person is in danger for whatever reason. But I would, I would just, I would just deal with a family member, just, just that person. Hmm. And, um, and what do you do? And if your child is being, you know, like with bully, is bullying a form of stalking? It, I, well, you know, what? it kind of is because if a person is constantly, if your child is being bullied, it's the same person over and over and it's every day. It's kind of like stalking because the person seems to be fixated on that child. You know, if he's just a, just a bully with everybody, then that's that's a, that's just you know a case of bullying. Um, but if it's just that one kid, yeah, yeah, I guess he could. So in that case, you know, you maybe if your child is bullying someone and they're fixated mm-hmm. on one person, then um, that may be an indication that they're they they may have a mental health issue. It's possible, yeah. I, I'd go see the, the, the child psychologist right away. Mm-hmm. So at, in school, is this is the bullying phenomenon increasing? Do you, do you see more of it now? Bullying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you see it, but it takes on, it, it, again, because of the internet, it's taken on another form. Because when I was a kid, there was no internet when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so bullying kind of just stayed at school. Today, if you're bullied at school, it continues afterwards in a much broader, broader format. You know, you have a much larger audience, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. Um, there are, God, I mean, I, I forget how many cases that are, there have been reported of teens not only moving to another school, but, the, you know, the bullying continues by sending pictures or videos or postings up on their Facebook and the kids, unfortunately, some of them commit suicide. Sadly. So I think it's, yeah, I think bullying has always existed. I just think the intensity has, has kicked up a notch because of the internet. And, and it's sort of like the mean girls phenomenon with the volume dialed up because it gives people oh, sure. an anonymous tool, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All you need, you can create a fake account and start posting away. And so, yeah, it, it's definitely to a, it, it's it's increased in in that respect. I think the intensity is increased. So, um, if you if you um, feel that some if you're uh, if you're a parent and you feel that uh, someone is taking advantage of your child, again, report. Are you is the school? Are you allowed to report to the school? Do they take action? 
Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you definitely should report it to the school um, and get school officials involved. Get it down on, on, you know, on paper. Make sure that it's noted in the school. Um, schools, schools have a, a responsibility to keep their students safe. Um, and they, you know, they need to know about what's going on if, if that kind of thing is happening. So I'd like to go back to your uh, talk more about adult stalking and go back to your book. I think one of the things mm-hmm. that people should realize is that the 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 real excitement is is that it's not just a thriller, but it really gives you an insight into how this can happen and how and and how it can resolve. I think how the 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 good, the bad, and the ugly of stalking. And um, so if people wanted to read your book, um, what would be the most important takeaways that you'd want them to get from it? Well, the most important thing I'd want them to know is that it's not a how-to book. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 um, the takeaway would be to be careful who you interact with, uh, be aware of your surroundings, uh, a very dear friend of mine, he's an author by the name of Jack Ketchum. He's a horror writer. Uh, we were hanging out one time and I asked him many, many years ago, I said, you know, you write stuff that really, that scares the hell out of people. What is it that scares you? And he said, people, just in general, not knowing what you're capable of. And it's, that's the kind of thing that I tried to include in the book is, you know, again, you, Ted Bundy, dressed as a clown for kids' parties. And meanwhile, look what he was doing. Um, to be aware, you know, these days, again, with the internet, everybody seems to know where everybody is almost at every given point in their, in their day. You know, I'm, I'm at the, going to the beach today or, you know, going on a school trip or what have you. It's all out there. So people know where you're at, which also tells them when you're not home. And that that's, kind of dangerous because you don't know what people are capable of. And especially if there was, you know, in the case of Everest, my character in the book, he takes that, you know, he watches for when the object of his, of his obsession is not home. And he takes advantage of that to break into her house, go through her things, find out more about her literally from the inside out. And so, yeah, the takeaway is (laughs) to just be aware of your surroundings and, and who you, who you associate with. My guest is August Cruz. His book is Stalker, and you can buy it on Amazon. And I want to thank you very much for coming on our show. Thank you again, Minda. I really appreciate it. This is Minda Wilson for Urgent Care.